we'll dive into conversations about food, fitness, stress, career, and family. We'll learn from each other, feel more connected, and we'll explore ways to design a life you love. So what are you waiting for? Keep listening for tips, tricks, and fun facts about feeling good, looking good, and living better. And don't forget to bring a snack. This is a Side of Syrup podcast. Do you ever finish a book and wonder about the author, what their story is, how they thought of these creative, inspirational ideas? I do. Almost every time I find a great book and finish it, I look into that author and see what their story is. How do their minds work to come up with these characters, to direct the illustrations, to bring this wonderful world to life. Especially as a mom of three, I read not just for myself, but I read to my kids so often. And a lot of children's books sort of are the same and it's the same message. And there's so many books about good night. Not a lot leave you wanting more, but the ones that do those are the special ones. The ones your kids can't put down. The images that make you laugh because there's a little nod to an inside joke, maybe from your own childhood or your own culture. Um, those are special. So I'm really proud to bring today to you guys, my friend, Ariana Brooks. She is a former teacher turned children's book author, and it's not just any children's books. She has a company also called Happiness Forward, and it's all about spreading positivity, positivity in children's literature, positivity in the world. And you see it in her books and the characters as they come to life. And, you know, I know about her, but all I want to do is share all of her wonderful books with you guys and your kids or your niece and nephews or, you know, anyone in your circles, uh, because they're not just great reads for the kids. They're also pretty. <laughs> so they look great on a bookshelf for kiddos, um, or in a classroom. Um, but there's so much more we can learn from Ariana and how she lives her life, the choices and decisions she's made to get to this point and how she incorporates wellness in her world. It's really smart. And I just felt myself taking notes from everything she was saying. And um, in the show notes today are her recipe that she's adapted over the years for energy balls. And let me tell you, friends, they're quite delicious. And they, to her warning, they do give you a lot of energy. Um, but she's sort of this mastermind, jack of all trades, knows it all. Uh, and she's really dropping some knowledge today for everybody. So I'm so excited for you guys to meet Ariana and get to know her and everything she is passionate about and bringing to this world and making it a better, happier, more positive place. 
Hello. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Hi. Everybody, the guest today is, um, we like to call each other our virtual BFFs. We have met in person one time. I have been friends for years and years and years, and we know if we lived in the same city, we would be the best of friends. Um, introducing everyone to you, the most fabulous, Ariana Brooks. Okay. All right. So, uh, Ariana, tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and and what, what you're doing, and then we'll dive into kind of more specifics about why you're on the podcast. Sure. That sounds great. So I was a tenured school teacher in the Washington, D.C. area in 2014, and I had very, very difficult parents and an administration that was not supportive, and I never smiled. I just had this kind of zombie, very unhealthy lifestyle, and I... I gave it all up because I was in this on and off relationship with this guy and then it ended and I ran into at a party that night that our relationship ended, this big ex-boyfriend, this ex-boyfriend of mine that was um, my longest relationship when I was living in DC and he, under the watchful eye of his girlfriend, who now is his wife, he goes, so what's, what's going on? What are you doing? And I said, I'm moving to Chicago. I'm going to live with my sister. And he said, I can't believe you haven't done that yet. And I said, I can't believe I haven't done that yet either. And so I just don't even know why I said it. And I just kept saying it. And I kept telling people. And then I sold everything on Craigslist. I mean, my microwave to some guy in a van, my bed my um, couch, just everything gone. Yeah. Put whatever was left in my car that I felt was important. And I drove to Chicago and lived on a blow up mattress in the Gold Coast because my sister always wants me to note that it was not like. I was say, not too bad. Not too bad. The Gold Coast is uh, lovely. <laughs> and I lived on her floor for a couple months and just started over. And I didn't know what that meant. I tried my hand at working at um, kind of in an organizational capacity at different startups. And the startup life was just not jiving with me at the time. I worked at a nonprofit. And then I just, I couldn't find anything that made me feel as good as I did when I was a teacher. And I went back to teaching and was only there for a little while before I became pregnant with my son from my husband, who I met about a month into living here. And my new journey began and my smile came back and everybody on my social media who I was friends with in school was, wow, I haven't seen you smile in so long. You look so happy. And I didn't realize how bad I had felt for how long until other people noticed and until I just felt, okay, now I'm a world away and now I can start over. I was 32 years old and I just had this epiphany that this was not the life I wanted to lead any longer and I needed to start over. And it was scary, but it was a calculated risk because my sister's here. My mom is not too far away in Indiana. And I 
have a lot of friends from Indiana University who are here. I knew I'd be okay. So the rest of it was just going to fall into place however it was going to fall into place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a difference of like recognizing that you had no smile anymore. And it's such a big part of your life. If you don't have your joy, you don't have a reason to keep going. I mean, my my students were wonderful, but the rest of it just made it so difficult to feel uh, feel that good feeling, that reason for being in that profession, that reason for being uh, in the DC area. I just didn't feel right anymore. Mm-mm. No, and sometimes you do. You have to make that change, whether it's something like you don't expect you're going to go and do or something unplanned, mm-hmm. but like your heart sort of tells you where to go. You have to just listen to it. Mm-hmm. And many people don't listen to it. I mean, I think we all have those friends who tell you the same thing each year. Mm-hmm. And you just want to say, so do something about it. Right. And it's hard and it's scary. And it's scary because what if it's not good on the other side of it? But the only way to find out is to do it and to just jump yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because like, you're not going to go and do it if you know three years down the line it didn't work. Mm-hmm. But what you learn from doing something maybe not 100% right for three years, you learn everything not to do. And you learn actually where you want to go. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I see that too with friends who have been talk for years, you know, whether it is we're going to buy a house this year. I mean, granted – that's an exception because Los Angeles is a bananas place to buy a house right now, especially yes. with everything going on. Um, but, you know, talk about it, talk about it, have the money, but can't find the perfect place, you know, can't find this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you want that? Do you, It's okay. It's totally fine to rent. It's totally fine to, you know, say I'm not ready for a house right now, but right. just the talk of it and no action. So um, I think it's amazing that you recognize like there's no smile. And I'm sure it was also a time where everyone still posted um, tons of like Facebook photos where you could probably look back at yourself and be like, there's no smile on my face or there's a smile on my Mm -hmm. face, but it's not in my eyes. It's not like a real smile. Right. I was talking to um, my husband, Jeff, and I was saying to him about how I was so miserable. I was much trimmer. Um, and my eyes, I had blue eyes and they were really bright because I was crying all the time. <laughs> and I thought, you know, in pictures, it looks so much different because, you know, I'm, I'm trim and I have, my eyes are shining, but my soul was crushed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the time wasn't necessarily depicted, but I look at the pictures and what someone else might look at it and say, oh, that looks like it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I look at it and think, well, that happened that night and then this yeah. happened that night and then this is how I was feeling and I see a, such a different story. So, I mean, you know, as picture tells a thousand stories, a thousand words, but I feel when I look at towards the tail end of my time there, I can really see just how low I was feeling. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fun fact. When I first met Ariana, I had no idea she was about to go on a trip to get married. <laughs> <laughs> that was like we we uh, we were sort of ships passing in the night, 
and her husband is friends with my husband and they stayed at our house while we, I don't even know where we were going. We were on some trip. Um, and then you guys came back and I saw on Facebook, you guys have gotten married. Was this like totally planned to do it somewhere else in the world? Or was that just like, we're taking this trip and we're going to do it? Um, we had kind of had started having conversations. I had approached uh, getting married with Jeff, my husband, by saying, it's Saturday night. We're not even staying up for Saturday Night Live. We're going to bed at nine o'clock. Why don't we just get married? What are we doing? And then um, I had two weeks off of the job that I was working at at the time. Um, and I looked up and saw a really great price for a flight to Thailand. And I said, let's go to Thailand. He said, sounds great. Let's do it. Two weeks in Thailand sounds wonderful. So we were all set to go. And about three weeks before the trip, I was starting to plan activities. That's my favorite thing to do, planning what are we going to do when we get there? Um, where are we going to stay? And uh, I said, do you want to go on an elephant ride? And he said, yeah, that sounds great. And then I said, do you want to get married there? And he said, okay, yeah, that also sounds great. <laughs> and so we contacted this company called Thailand Wed ThailandWeddings.com. Mm -hmm. And it was in Chiang Mai. And it was we weren't sure if it was real or not because it sounded so fantastic and fairly inexpensive for all the offering. Mm -hmm. And I said, all right, here goes. We put a down deposit in and it turns out it was legit and it was beautiful. And we had this Buddhist ceremony, just the two of us. And it was fantastic and romantic. And it started at 5 a.m. in the morning where we fed monks and uh, it continued on throughout the day where we released fish into the water and we released birds into the sky and we were greeted by nine elders who shared their experiences uh, in marriage and in life and everything was done in nines. It was really a super special trip. But it wasn't legal. So when we got home, we got married at this place in Chicago called Antique Taco and it was just 25 people, really small and, uh, it was legal, so it was nice. But um, our wedding date and our uh, wedding experience will always be in Thailand. Yeah, that's super cool. I mean, it's just, it, there's got to be, you know, the connection between you guys, but like the deeper connection to the, the, the planet to, and I sort of like all the, the vibes and feels that are out there. Oh, it was so, it was so beautiful and it was so spiritual and uh, just a really great way to get started on this journey as husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Did you guys do anything else more like wellness related when you were there? Did you, I mean, we've been to Thailand before and had some insanely amazing massages, um, but yoga classes or meditation or anything like that? So when we were there, we basically focused on um, cooking classes and fueling ourselves in that way. We got a massage every single day because it was about $8. American dollars. It was amazing. Yeah. And some days we'd get two hour massages. I mean, it was just wild. Yeah. But there was nothing left to massage by the end of the trip. Right. I mean, we right. were so relaxed. <laughs> it was great. I, um, we didn't do any yoga classes. We did go to the full moon party, which mm -hmm. was wild and fun. And we did a bike tour that was, 
very scary. You were kind of biking through people's villages and through their houses. Yeah. And, um, but I, I highly recommend it because it was a great way to really get on the ground floor of the Thailand experience. Yeah. We traveled around. We went to Koh Samui, Chiang Mai, and of course, Bangkok, because that's where we flew in and out of. Yeah. And each place offered a really different experience, which was wonderful. That's amazing. Amazing. It's like you take those travel experiences with you forever. Whether it's, yeah. I can't wait to go back. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so during that time, like, were you, were you still teaching and then you had that break? And like, so I was working for a nonprofit. Okay. And um, I worked there for a little longer. And then I, was a former, I was a school teacher and I just didn't know what to do if I wasn't teaching. So I went back to teaching and about three weeks after we got back from Thailand, I was pregnant with our son, our firstborn. And it was very cool because the whole Thailand experience was done in nines. So there were nine elders, there were nine uh, fish that we put in the water, nine birds that we released into the sky Everything was done in nines. And then his birth date was, his due date was September, which is the ninth month, uh, 27th, which two and seven is nine. Yeah. 2016, which two plus one plus six is nine. We were like, golden baby. What's happening? <laughs> he came the day after. He came on yeah. the 28th, but yeah. it's still a nine sandwich. Yeah. You know, yeah. it still counts. And uh, then I stayed home with him for that whole uh the whole first year mm-hmm. that I was teaching didn't have uh, maternity leave coverage. And so yeah. he also was a very colicky baby Oh yeah, and yeah. just cried all the time. And my hands were tied. I had to be with him nonstop. So yeah, of course it was a very challenging year to find wellness for sure. Yeah. That first year. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. You yeah. know this. Totally. No time for yourself, no time for anyone else, but that baby, you're yeah. his world. Yeah. Um, but I guess then how did you have this epiphany of like, I, I'm not going to go back and I'm going to start writing. Like, have you always been a writer? I've always been uh, really interested in inventions and coming up with different ideas. And I always like to play commercial where I would create commercials for things that yeah. didn't exist. And I've always liked that when I was a school teacher, my favorite thing to do was to read books aloud to the students. And I would do it during snack time. So they were, their mouths were full and they could just listen and enjoy. It was my favorite time. I didn't see it as a path. It was more out of necessity. It became a thing I needed to do during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, When the pandemic happened, I went from, living in this uh, third floor walk up in Chicago with a lot of neighbors to going to my mom's place in Indiana. And I stayed there for four and a half months. I thought it was going to be two weeks, three weeks. I took the kids and I said, I'll see you in two weeks to my husband. He stayed to work. And um, we were getting books every day from Amazon because Amazon was the only thing that we knew we could get that we wouldn't get sick from. At the time they said, Amazon packages are fine. Takeout food is fine. You can eat it. You can read it. Let's do it. 
So I was getting all of those books that I grew up with and seeing some new books on Amazon. And I was really disheartened by them because they were so heavy and the topics were just so um, difficult for me to explain. And there were so many difficult things happening in the world that I didn't know where to go to for just calm and relaxation. So I started to just edit the books with my kids. So if they'd said something just awful in it, I would just, for example, um, there's a great childhood book called Streganona. Do you know it, Streganona? I don't know that. No. It's a book of, um, by Tommy DePaulo, and it has uh, – Streganona means grandma witch. So already we're on the wrong track, Whoa. right? Yeah. That's what it means in Italian. And so they uh, they talk in the book about one of the characters they call Big Anthony, and they're going to lynch him. So I was like, okay, well, we're not going to talk about lynching, and we're not going to talk about all these other things that were just – attacking this character and yeah. uh, for doing the wrong thing. And if you read some of the books that you grew up with, they have a lot of difficult storylines and I just couldn't handle it. So I just started writing down happy plot free books yeah. that just made me feel good. And then I kept going and then I would try them out on the kids when we would be driving around because I made the drive as part of our routine every day. Okay. We're going to drive with no destination, just have something that we do every day. Yeah. 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 We're going to read every day. And then on Fridays, we're going to have matzo ball soup. So we have a Shabbat dinner at my mom's and my mom's vegan, but she made chicken and rice and matzo ball soup with chicken broth and all this stuff so that we could have some sort of normalcy, some sort of uh, predictability in the schedule and in a routine. And so I thought, oh, that soup, is such a comfort. It's such a comfort to have that at the end of the week. And I just started thinking, okay, well, matzo ball soup, it's parents are with their kids 24 seven now. Yeah. And they see that it's hard to come up with endearing terms because you are just ready to pull your hair out because you can't get anything done and you can't spend quality time and everything yeah. feels like it's not coming out right. right. So I, Okay, well, what if I did comfort foods with endearing terms? Yeah. And then I started writing it down, and my kids liked it. And okay. I sent it to other uh, people to see what do you think. And they were, okay, this has legs. This could go somewhere. Right. And then it was a pretty quick turnaround, and I self published it and created a board book yeah. from, uh, and then that's how the Mushy Matsball came to be. How did you figure out, like, if you were going to do the self-publishing path or, um, or try to pitch it out, I know like there's a huge time difference with, with both. Um, but like, what was your, your reasoning of like, this is a story that people need to hear right now. Yeah. I just felt that people needed to feel like they were part of a community. People needed to feel joy again and they needed to just have that comfort um, yeah and i don't know anything more comforting than food totally. <laughs> it's such a great comfort and it's such a great connector for people and um it's a long game to be a writer mm -hmm. you put a book out there you send it to an agent the agent then takes it to a publishing house and then they could take a year or two to make it 
Yeah. And then they has to come out at certain times and it's, it's a real arduous process. And I didn't want to wait on it. I wanted it to come out there and I knew that I could do it because I had no, nothing telling me I couldn't. No, no, no. It was pandemic. So nobody was communicating. So why not? Anything's possible. Anything yeah. is possible. People were starting over with so many different projects and different things. And this is something I was so excited to throw myself into. Yeah. And and that's how it came to be. Yeah. How did you find your illustrator? I mean, I have um I have a book right here. My my older oh, son has the other one. He he likes to um take it with him places. But um but <laughs> I, I'm just showing here because it's it's a really cool style that I don't think you see. It's a little you know, true to life. It's a little bit kind of like jumping off the page. It doesn't, you know, although it's a, a younger kid's book, it doesn't feel like too kitty, you know, like it's enjoyable for an adult to look at and, and a child. So, um, it just, you know, like you wrote, you wrote the book at home in a world where we weren't out with people. How'd you find this, this amazing <laughs> illustrator? She's amazing. So her name is Tori Butner. Yeah. She is fantastic. She lives in California. We've only actually, similar to you, we only met one time in person. Uh, She went to school actually around here, but it was only coincidental. She was visiting friends and she came here and we met up. And uh, that's the only time I've met her, but that was after we'd already completed three books together. So she is super organized and we had a great rapport from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, she was part of an animators group out of Los Angeles. And I contacted a friend's sister who was a mentor to me. Um, and she's also a writer and a phenomenal person. And she said, I'll put out an ask in this animators group and yeah. see if anyone's interested. And Tori wrote, I'm interested, and we connected, and it was just love at first oh, email. Yeah. And we Zoomed, but we also just, like I said, she's organized. So she would send something out, and we would write about, we would go back and forth, and she did all the illustrations for my Moshi Matzo Ball yeah. in a month and a half. It's unheard of. It's unheard of, and it, it's, not, it's not the norm. No. Nobody does it in such a short amount of time. <laughs> And I would say, well, what if the baby looked like this? Or what if the baby was doing this? And she would just bring it to life. And having that kind of back and forth collaboration was awesome. I had this dream about dancing with the stars. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny if the lively Laka baby was holding it up like <laughs> they were dancing? You know? yeah. And so she said, oh, yeah. And then she incorporated that into it. I wanted the book to feel diverse, that the babies were in all the same baby that everyone could kind of see themselves in it. Just like you said, my daughter is, um, got dark eyes, dark hair. Her skin is a lot darker than mine as well. And she always sees herself in the blonde baby in the picture Mm -hmm. is a bubbly blends baby. And it's just, it's funny. You can see yourself in different babies. You can see the joy that baby is really happy. That reminds me of me. Um, my son always thinks he's the lively lack of baby dancing. And so it's nice to see where you relate in the story. Yeah. Yeah. And they know their heart and they can read the book. My kids can just, they can share it easily. So cool. So cool. So this is book number one. Yes. We also have Carissa the Crane. You mentioned yes. a third book. Is there another book coming out or? 
Um, I did a sequel to my Bushmat spell called My Happy Home Intention. And okay, get this. it has all the foods that I left out from the first one. Yeah. So it has, um, everyone was asking me, why is there no kugel and why is there no challah in the, the first book? Favorite. And I said, well, challah is so hard to do as alliteration because the sound is a Hebrew sound. It's not an English sound. Right. So I kind of went and called it harmonious challah. And made it more of a ha yeah, sound yeah, than yeah, a yeah, yeah. sound. So I have these babies here singing into it like a microphone. <laughs> and that was my workaround with that. And then the kogel, I have the baby sleeping on it like a pillow. So I I didn't want to leave any food out on the table. It is a little bit more of a difficult book to pronounce. So I have in on the first book, bagel, I felt. A lot of people knew how to say bagel, so I didn't have any way of how to say it. But in this book, for example, the cover, it's called My Happy Home and Tashin. Mm-hmm. And home is a difficult word to say. So I have all of the uh, pronunciation yeah. and then I have it within the book too. So you can see it, how to say it. So it's underneath every oh. single page you have how to say it. And these <laughs> are the just being cute. As you know, twins are the cutest. And home intention is a plural, so I had to have two for the sequel. And so that's how that came to be. But um, home intention is difficult. Gefilte fish is in it. Gefilte oh. fish is a difficult word too. Yep. And sufganiot is difficult too. Sufganiot is jelly donuts. Yeah, and so if you're gonna say jelly donuts, donuts easier. Figure it out. You yeah. say sufganiot. Oh yeah, I would definitely love sufganiot if that means donuts. Yeah. Um, yep. It had a little bit trickier words, so I I used my Instagram to explain each one, and I did a "What You Say Wednesday" kind of uh, yeah, where I explained how do you say this and what is the significance. So where did this come to be and the origin of it? Um, Rugalach can be kind of difficult to say too. So really, Chala was the least of my worries in this book, um, but. The words were a lot trickier, but I just didn't want to leave anything delicious out. Yeah. I don't, oh, give fish. I don't know how delicious that is, but I didn't want to leave it out. The baby is swimming because it's gefilte fish <laughs> and swimming with the, oh. the gefilte fish and wearing a little snorkel, which is cute. <laughs> Again, these illustrations were all done by Tori and she just has a sweet way of making babies just feel real and happy. And mm-hmm. it was, it was really fun working with her again. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I am a pro at reading children's books now. And I mean, like you're saying, and like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a whole new wave of books coming, but you know, it, it's the, the white blonde baby mm-hmm. and, and everything. And, um, you know, the, not every kid is is represented, so it, it's just so wonderful to see books coming out that you know kids can say that looks like me, or even like your daughter of like not not relating to a character who looks like her, but someone else. But you know they're related to the on, joy. Yeah, yeah, taking on what feels special to them, and it yeah. it is all different. Um, so that's really great. Um, yeah. And then, um, where can your books be found right now? So I have my books on my website, which is happinessforward.com. Yeah. I also have them on um, Amazon. 
Yeah. And they're also on barnesandnoble.com. Awesome. Okay. Fantastic. I'm going to have all of this in the show notes so that people can link like directly to them to, um, you know, make purchases. But, um, you know, there's something I like wrote in my notes here as you were talking about like the kid side of things of like this need that we've all had for predictability, you know, like setting a routine and like, it's so important for children, but it's so important for adults too. You know, it makes us feel- And wellness go hand in hand. I think that if you don't have something to look forward to, some sort of schedule, it's hard to get that motivation. It's hard to, at least for me, I need to know how my day is going. I used to, when I was single, have a schedule for my weekends. Yeah. And it was not much of a schedule. It was just do a yoga class, meet up with some friends for brunch, mm-hmm. you know, get my nails done or hang out or something. Um, but it was something I looked forward to because I knew I was going to do this and this and this. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I know in the the beginning of our conversation, we talked about sort of like taking action and how you had to take action to to make change in your life. Like you've had a, a lot of change. You've changed careers. You've changed cities. You've gotten married. You have two kids. Um, you know, like so much has gone on, but how how do you sort of like take action to take care of yourself? Because I see your smile and it's there and I see your happiness, you know, coming through. Like it's obvious you're doing the right thing for yourself. Thanks. I, I think that the biggest part for me is to feel grounded with my family Mm -hmm. and to spend time with people who matter. I think I just turned 40. So for me, it's different. It's not about the quantity of people I'm with, but more like the quality of people I'm with and having those really good heart to hearts and having those really good belly laughs. I think spending time with my kids and my family and walking around the neighborhood, holding hands with my husband feels really nice. But the time that I take a break and just spend time with myself, either reading, Mm -hmm. something on TV by myself or um, going to get a foot massage. I love Mm -hmm. those massages or working on doing a class that takes my gray t-shirt to like dark gray. I sweat <laughs> so much is my favorite feeling. Yeah. And having that time to myself where my phone is put away and I can just be in that workout class feels really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I definitely feel the foot massages help. Totally. I feel like Again, if we were in the same city and we could be city besties, I yes, we would do this. I subscribe <laughs> to this idea of DMCs, like deep, meaningful conversations. Like I don't have time to talk about the weather, or yeah. you know, say a lot of pleasantries. I'm like, let's just get into it. Get into it. What's <laughs> happening? What's yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel we could just you know uh, go on a walk forever and and just chat about a million things. Um, but I, I, I also feel like walks help you get through all that stuff because you have that great endorphin feeling, but also mm-hmm. you can process with your friend and get into mm-hmm. it, which is really totally. nice. And like the outside sort of like muffles other yeah. like sort of chaos and other thoughts going on and you just kind of like, okay, let's, let's chat about this. Or even like a walk by yourself, just like you can do a walking meditation. Um, yeah. Just be kind of quiet. Uh, well, you have done a, you've worked at a wellness retreat, right? Yeah. I, um, I 
presented on wellness at a virtual conference mm-hmm. and it was wonderful. I did uh, yoga nidra, which is kind of a guided sleep meditation mm-hmm. that was about 45 minutes. And I did uh, five, the, the five senses, but the COVID style, like how you can do COVID style wellness. And we made this really cool eye mask. So you just, you can make this yourself at home. You just take an old sock, not a dirty sock, an old <laughs> sock that is cleaned and you put in it uh, rice mm-hmm. and some oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like lavender, but you can use eucalyptus, obviously whatever oil doesn't make you break out or makes you feel comfortable and what scent, scent drives you and makes you feel good. So I put that in the rice and then you just knot it and you put that sock on your head and mm-hmm. you just can feel a million miles away and it just feels so good on your eyes and lets you rest. I've done energy balls, which was part of the taste part of the wellness. Mm -hmm. And we made it with granola and chocolate chips and honey. And it, after the wellness conference, I was making them every other day and was just so hyped from it. The energy was palpable. So I loved it, but I I had to take a break because it was too much energy and I couldn't relax (laughs) from the energy balls, but they're really fun to make and they're really sticky. So you really have to be okay with just getting, whether you're using almond butter or a plant-based butter or peanut butter, just getting, getting in there and making those. And they don't take that long either just to throw them in the fridge takes about 30 minutes and then you voila, you have this energy ball that yeah. is amazing. Oh my gosh. I think I mean like, please text me all the details. I will, I'll text you the recipe. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That sounds way better than another <laughs> cup of coffee. So, yes, okay. okay. Awesome. Awesome. And then, I mean, you, you are a writer yourself, but do you, do you take the time to like sit and, and read or like what's on your bedside table at night? Is it that the sock lavender right, rice sock? Because that also is an amazing idea. Or yes. are you reading books at night? So the uh, lavender sock actually got appropriated. Um, is that the word I would use? Um, it got taken mm-hmm. by my son and he wears it to when he was sleeping, like to bed. Oh. And then the rice went everywhere and then there was ants so oh, take a little break from it I think it's only for adults I would yes. recommend it but yeah. um I do have a sleep mask because I'm sensitive mm-hmm. to light I like to have it dark when I'm asleep yeah. and of course blackout curtains but I am reading right now I actually brought it with me a book yeah. called Joyful it's by Ingrid Fettel Lee yeah. and each chapter is just about different ways to surround yourself with positivity and joy Mm-hmm. like bold colors and an abundance of nature and just believing in magic, believe, believing in that silver lining. Mm-hmm. I was having a low moment and I read the chapter on magic about finding that silver lining. So if something mm-hmm. isn't working out as you had expected to work out and you're upset, well, maybe there's a silver lining here, or maybe there's a window that's going to open for you or half a window or a shutter, something is going to come your way. And then, or the silver lining, something is going to come around because you have to believe in it. Mm -hmm. And then if you believe in it, it will happen. So that kind of talking things into being and believing in, in joy propels you with more joy. 
Right, right. I I really am interested in the chapter on magic. Uh, years ago yes. at this point, I worked on um, a wine client and I was redoing the mm-hmm. overall strategy of like, how do you take this wine? And it was known as like a cheaper wine, but they had a whole library of like, most of the library bottles were $120 and up and they were insane. Like I, I, the, the yeah. wine was like, all of us, like there was a group of us working on it and I was probably the youngest. Um, yeah. And then our team spanned to someone who was in their 60s. And I remember her tasting the wine and it's like just a bold New Yorker being like, oh my gosh, it was just amazing. So went through this whole process with that brand and um, we're trying to say like, what area can you, can you play in? What area does wine play in? And a lot of people think it's like heritage. Maybe it's an old brand or, you know, a lot of like wine or juice or whatever on the shelves we pick because of the label. Like here's the pretty yes. thing. So, or here's this crazy name. Um, yes. I'm a sucker for the crazy names. Right. <laughs> right. And it's like, this sounds interesting, but yeah. in this particular brand, we toyed this idea of magic and the whole process of like actually making the wine, who knows if it will turn out, you know, it's a little bit of the silver lining chapter too, because you're, you are putting, and, and this whole team behind this wine brand, like put their heart and soul and all of their time into each bottle and turning it and making sure the temperature's right and tasting and, and, you know, adding things in if needed. And in the middle of one of our presentations, the head winemaker stood up and she started like, like tearing up crying. And she was like, it is magic. This business is magic because everyone is so hopeful and optimistic and you put this concoction together and you have no idea if it's going to work, but you just hope and hope and hope. And then when it does, it, does you know it's, it, it's I hear it in your voice I feel like I've tasted this wine before even though I have not I feel it yeah it, there's a thing where you when you get it right mm-hmm. it's that it's easy it makes sense it's like it was always part of it totally and I feel like a lot of that is you know what we do for ourselves and and to ourselves of mm-hmm. you know if we're we're putting, we're making these decisions and we're doing these things that we hope work. And then, you know, ultimately you get that to that one point where it does. And you feel that, that moment, that moment of joy and that moment of like, this is it, this is it. Like the smile is back. I'm happy. Like, um, and it takes, I think in my business, I've realized like it takes a long time to get there. Like I don't want to coach people forever, but um, you know, being able to actually take the steps to, you know, if you, let's say you have bad sugar cravings and we're working together on, on that and trying to, to, you know, lessen and manage, I mean, not completely eliminate, but, you know, change that behavior. Um, you know, it's, it's never going to work a, if you can't say, this is what I want to change, or this is not making me happy. Um, or this is actually making me not healthy. But when you can do that and then you can sort of build from there and, you know, sort of um, 
scaffold almost of like, I'm making this habit change and I'll make this habit change and make this habit change, you know, ownership and follow through or everything. Yeah. That's the only way change happens. And I feel if you have indifference, you're not going to have that follow through. Mm -mm. If you don't care, why am I caring? I think that's a really difficult part is if someone is coming to you for help, Mm-hmm. They need to take that next step and actually do something for them. Right. And they've already done it, but it's not enough. Like contacting you mm-hmm. is the greatest first step, but right. now what? Now do the work, you totally. know? Totally, totally. Yeah. And I think it's it's hard for a lot of people to kind of like want to swallow that pill and be like, okay, like this is what needs to change. But like, you know, from a more macro perspective, like, you changed your world because you knew you needed to and look how it all panned out. Like you, you're so happy and you're doing what you love and you're doing something you're passionate about. And that is a gift that a lot of people don't give themselves. Yeah. I think that everyone has the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. It's just, like I said, the indifference or being open to being in that uncomfortable space. I think a lot of people shy away for things that are uncomfortable, even if they have a little bit of joy in them mm-hmm. because they just don't want it to look bad or be not, who you know, yeah. something that, that feels right to them. Yeah. And if they just took that step, I think that they could really enjoy it. For example, like taking a dance class. Mm-hmm. I am not a great dancer, but uh, there was a dance class when I lived in DC that was so much fun. And I would just laugh the whole time. And there are mirrors. I knew what it looked like, but <laughs> just taking myself completely out of the comfort zone um, with my roommate at the time, we just had such a blast. And mm-hmm. it it was such a game changer because she actually can dance. She's a great dancer and she yeah. was into it. But it was just fun for me to do something that was so out of character for me mm-hmm. and have that kind of uh, fun that I didn't expect. Yeah. Totally. 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 Uh, I have one last question for you. And speaking of fun, it's a fun one. Um, if you, I asked everybody this, if you had a button, you just press that button and X would happen. What would that button be in your life? My God. So I would clone myself with this button. (laughs) Yep. I would have like a better version of myself, someone who can really cook, cook (laughs) all the food. Because my version is Trader Joe's cooking, which is, let's be real, I turn on the oven and then that food comes out. That was kind of it with Trader Joe's. Um, But I'd have a person who cooks, a person who does all the laundry, takes out the garbage, basically my own personal housekeeper who Mm -hmm. would do all this stuff. So I could just lay on the couch and read to my kids all afternoon and not have to think, oh, I I need to go away for this or go away for that. And then that would just be bliss. Sorry. My cat just jumped up on the window. (laughs) I've got one around here too. And I'm not quite sure what she's doing. Uh, Because of the book, I bought all these fake plants and she's trying to eat them. (laughs) Because the book was like abundance plants. And I said, well, I don't want to take care of them. So I bought a bunch of fake plants and she keeps trying to bite it. So anyway. Yeah. Um, and then 
where can everybody find you um, on social media, your website? Let everybody know here, and I'll also post it in the show notes. Sounds great. So you can find me on my website, www.happinessforward.com. And you can find my books on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. You can also, uh, actually, sorry. Yeah, so I just got that part Yeah. Um, you can also find me on Facebook under Ariana Brooks author. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, it was thank you so great. much. I feel like we talked about so much. We could keep going here. Like, let's just let's pretend we're on a walk and call each other like next week. I will. I, okay. I'm such a fan of yours. And I thought that this went so well. And I really appreciate it so much. Um, it's just, it's just like hanging out with a friend and yeah. just was such a happy day for me. This was really wonderful. So thank you so much. Awesome. Ah, awesome. Amazing. Big hugs to you and um, give everyone and your family my love. And um, I'm going to find my cat <laughs> your cat, and we'll get them both out of trouble. Sounds great. All right. I'll talk okay. to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. Ariana, let us know where we can find you online and on social media. Okay, great. So you can find me on Instagram. I have at Moshi Matsball is my handle and at Ariana Brooks author. You can also find me on Facebook, which is at Ariana Brooks author. I am also free on W. Okay. You can also find my books on my website, happinessforward.com or on barnesandnoble.com or on Amazon. hope you enjoyed this episode of A Side of Syrup. If you love this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and review and subscribe so you never miss the next one. Also, you know someone who would love this episode or podcast in general, send it to them too. Thank you. New episodes go up on Tuesdays. Thanks for tuning in. I can't wait to hang out with you again soon.